on the Koshcast. Super Sunday has been a fun day. The North London Derby, Pickford's Barmy, and why is the Premier League sponsored by the US Army? All this, the regular features, and I'm not really sure what else. Let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex, Mohanad is here. Hello. Bernie is here. What up? And joining us after a sojourn, a long yeah. sojourn, Roche Rana. How are you, man? A Guardiola-esque sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel great to be back at Pod and I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. Did you move to New York for a year and learn German? Uh, no, just, you know, extra extenuating circumstances on the domestic front. And, oh, you know, what else? What the else? cup. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if, if our listeners are interested, my dad actually had a lung transplant. It was successful. He's now back home, and so that uh, took a lot of time away, but yeah. everything is well. It's Unbelievable. Good. It's so good. All right, um, and with that good news, we will start. Uh, we've just watched Liverpool Everton. We've just watched Arsenal Tottenham. Uh, and Mohanad watched a bit of Fulham Chelsea because he woke up too early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, where, where do you want to start? I mean, we can quickly get Chelsea Fulham out of the way because not a lot happened. That was just chronological, I guess. Sure. Um, it was a derby, technically, and I, we were talking about how these, uh, you know, people talk about how the fixtures is, is through a random computer algorithm, and then you always get these super Sundays every, somehow every season. Um, you had Chelsea, Fulham, and then two other derbies we talked about. But yeah, Fulham, I mean, Fulham came coming off a win, Ranieri's first game, first win. Mm-hmm. Ranieri derby as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Chelsea were just a little bit too much for them this time. Chelsea not really doing that much. Alonso was really bad, got hauled off at like the 70th minute. Um, Hazard, again, not doing too much. Loftus-Cheek coming on and really having a good impact Profiting on the game. Profiting from some work from Hazard, though. Yeah, so even when he's bad, he's still effective on some level. Yeah, no, I mean, he's obviously their best player by a mile. Um, Giroud started the game, I think. Morata finished it. Um, but did yeah, he not... Did he finish anything else? Or just... Oh, he missed an open goal, got a yellow card. Like the, the... He doesn't finish his breakfast, <laughs> his lunch, finish goals, nothing. Nothing at all. Maybe that's why he can't score. He's <laughs> undernourished. I think Chelsea are also coming off a bad loss against Spurs last week. A big yeah. 3-0 loss, so they bounce back with a 2-0 win. Not so bad. Yeah, yeah they'll take yeah. it. For sure. And then after that was the big game, uh, the North London Derby. This was Unai Emery's first North London Derby. Um, it was, you know, people were really looking forward to it, thinking this is this should be a big, good game. And it, it did deliver, to be fair, at the end. Um, game started with some unusual, I guess, for kind of starting 11 for Arsenal. Ozil... Not um, in the squad. Yeah, not even in the squad. Obviously, the, the go-to excuses, usually the back pain... Again, we were not sure. You know, he was, he didn't train, so that kind of gives me some... No, we're sure. We're sure. Ozil was dropped. Plain and simple. Yeah, we're very sure about it. You can get dropped to the bench, right? There's no reason to be completely out of the squad, so... I think if if Unai Emery is who he's, he's, he says he is, and he's trying to stamp out whatever he doesn't like in the club, then why not drop the guy? I, and By the way, this is your best player. Let's, let's not hate aside. This is the best player on the team, but mm. we... Uh, but he dropped him for Bournemouth. Exactly. And that was a clear drop. There was no reason for excuses. He sat on the bench. So this time just felt like he could have just done the same thing. Why go through the whole lens of like this this back injury issue? But um, Well, I think because it, it, for Bournemouth, you, he, you know, he explained it away with tactical reasons. For the North London derby, you have to really... This is the North London derby. You drop 
your your highest paid player for you know one of the biggest games of the season. You really need a, a proper reason. Well, you have to. We also have to understand that he said, and it was a little bit of a weird statement, but he said that he dropped Ozil right for the Bournemouth game because he needed a more physical approach. Which yep. against Bournemouth, maybe that's not actually true. Mm-hmm. Against Spurs, away though. Against Spurs, you definitely need a physical approach to beat these guys. So th- I feel that this is, was not the right game for Ozil. He's never been good against Spurs anyway. It's not going to change it's, that, it, having him in this game. It's so. also hard to bring him into the team if Emery is really set on playing the three at the back. So the question is, you know, did they play three at the back because Ozil was missing? Or did, is that his? if that was his plan from the very beginning, then Ozil, it's hard to find a spot for him. Really, the only spot is instead of Mkhitaryan, but that's only because Mkhitaryan is not playing well and not really because it's Ozil's position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Mkhitaryan not playing well, or is he just rubbish? So my theory is that Mkhitaryan is a sulky, pouty individual who plays on emotion, and I don't think he has a positive emotion right now. Right. So like, on his confidence is low. He's not playing very well. Yeah. But it's also it's unfair because he he's he's being asked to play on the wing, technically, yes. and that's not his game. It's the same when he put Ozil on the wing. It's not his game. You need more of someone who well, his fitness needs to be better. His kind of locomotion up and down the field needs to be better. I just feel it's not Mkhitaryan's game. He's just kind of put in I, there because Welbeck is out injured and there's really no other option. I agree. I agree with that. And people say it doesn't matter how good he was at Borussia Dortmund. He was absolutely sensational at Borussia Dortmund. And let's also not forget, at Man United, there were instances where he was one of the best players in the league. He's a confidence player. He has none right now. That's all he is. He's not a pouty guy. He just needs... Confidence and he has zero, and but that's what's going on. E- even on that point, if you watch the second half of this game, you saw that Ramsey was just running around like a madman, like he normally does. Mm-hmm. And I don't think McTarran could do that as well. So, given Spurs' right. high press, the high press from both teams in this game, I think Ramsey technically Suited ended up being the game better better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, just to finish off on the starting lineups, Arsenal did play th- uh, five at the back. Um, that also kind of helps with Kolasinac a little bit because he's. He's slightly suspect when he plays at left back, so at least he doesn't have to do as much defending with Rob holding there next to him. Um, two in the middle, Torreira, Shaka, and then uh, Lacazette still coming back from an injury was on the bench with Aubameyang up top. Spurs played their what exactly you expected them to play: the Eriksen, Kane, or kind of Ali, Kane, Son, and then Eriksen. It was the same system from the Chelsea game. Yeah, nothing has really changed from there. Um, unfortunately for them, um, what's his name is out centre back. Um, Alderweireld is out. No, 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 no. He, he wasn't even out. Sanchez is out. Alderweireld just had already played two games this week. So, so that was a conscious just passive decision. quarter. He put yeah. him, He left them on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aurier is also playing. He's not playing very well. So they had a few also. They'd rather have different players on the field. But anyways, game started and it was intense. It was high intensity, pressing from both teams. Arsenal started with some really good possession in the first 20-25 minutes, just keeping the ball from Spurs, really the whole game controlling it. Spurs... Not getting a sniff of the ball at all. And then Arsenal got a penalty early on. Uh, they absolutely well, Aubameyang put that away, right? Yeah. Like the first, okay. So that was... Yeah. Um, yeah, that was... It was a clear penalty, I think. I think there wasn't really anything... Yeah. The, the first penalty was a clear penalty. Yeah. That was weird. I, just, I, think, I don't know if it was you and I talking about this recently, but there are so few handballs where it's just like, definitely a handball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them. Well, he yeah. punched the ball up the air. I'm yeah. not sure why he was doing that. I'm not <laughs> sure. He wasn't sure why he was doing it either, for sure. Yeah. But Tongan just kind of lost his mind for a sec. Um, it was a shit penalty, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Lloris had gone that way, it was, yeah. it was pretty bad. But Aubameyang scoring it, going at that point, top score of the league, with I think 10, 9 or 10 goals over Kane, who has 9. Um, well, now they both have 10, then. Well, oh, no, 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 no,
something just happened. The game within f- five minutes flipped on its head. Yeah. With Tottenham scoring um, two goals in succession. One of them, uh, Socrates gave away a needless foul, which uh, Ericsson whipped in and Dyer got a header on it. I think, Bernie, you think Leno should have done a bit better there? It's it. I mean, th- it was horrendous. It was horrendous goalkeeping because... The cross comes in, and I don't know who was supposed to be running with Dyer. That was the first it was calamity. Completely open, yeah. Completely open header, and it was a very tame header. And then Leno does this scooping motion, like he's playing volleyball to get mm-hmm. rid of the ball. That didn't make any sense. And then he basically put the ball in his in his, in his own net. Yeah. I think I'm gonna gonna give it down to he's an experience in the league. He's still getting used to the team because he's now made. Two mistakes that could have cost Arsenal dearly right. in big games specifically. Something that we really need to watch out for. Fairness to him, though. I don't think we could have won a lot of our games up to this point without him either. Because he gives us that building from the back, which is so crucial to how Unai Emery wants to play. And he did it again today. He was just a really good option for Socrates and Mustafi to always pass the ball back and kind of keep it going. Um, and then after that, again, like what, five minutes later, um, even. I Son... I think that was a dive. I don't think, I don't think that was a penalty at all. I think... It just looks like one of those where you know the defender slides through and and and, yeah. and takes the foot from underneath the striker. But I, I think he was looking for the penalty for sure. Uh, there was a little bit of contact. It wasn't enough, but he still went down. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's a dive necessarily, but I don't think it has to be one or the other. Like I don't think it was a dive, but I'm also it was also a soft penalty. Like at that yeah. speed, any kind of contact I'm can surprised. send it down. You know, you guys saw contact? I didn't see. Yeah, there was a little. Was a little I didn't little see yeah, anything whatsoever. I'm sorry. Like a, a, a dive is something that doesn't <laughs> happen naturally, and that reaction from Son doesn't happen naturally to what took place so that is i'm not sure about that so I mean, there's if, no way if if we're suggesting that there was contact then you know whether he dove is here or there anything can take you over whatever but there was no no there was I, I didn't see contact so i'm not really sure and, and any yeah. contact was like a slight brush on top of the foot like it, it yeah. didn't take his foot away from underneath mm-hmm. and he completely buckled his knees fell over right no that, that was a clear dive because if every touch like that is a foul then you're never going to get a game of football yeah. Um, anyways, Kane puts it away. I mean, he's so good at these penalties. You saw the graphic that comes up before. It was like all yellows. You know, they have the yellow ball and the red ball. It was all yellow. Mm-hmm. It's perfect at these. So now Spurs are two <laughs> one um, going into halftime. Going into halftime, which Arsenal just do not want to go into halftime with a the lead. They just refuse. No, it was interesting too. Like Arsenal had appeared very in control of what their plan was and, and relatively in control of the game. And then when they went two one down before halftime. They completely lost the plot for those like ten minutes yes. between the second goal and halftime. They lost the plot. Emery it, changed it at halftime yeah. and regained. Control. Was it Son on on the left side? He kept running at them and running at them and running at them. And you just thought with a little bit more uh, composure in the final third, there could have been two more goals yeah. for Tottenham. Yeah, Spurs had that, that ten minute exactly. That ten minute. Alex, you're right. Even you could see the clip of when I Emery telling him to just calm down, get to halftime. Why is everyone all freaked out all mm-hmm. of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to go back after Dyer's first goal. There was a really kind of it was a derby kind of altercation where mm-hmm. he was like shushing the crowd. They celebrated too close to the Arsenal subs that were warming up. It was a really nice moment. Like you got Lich the Arsenal got involved. Yeah, let's Tyler Ramsey. Arsenal bench ran all the way down, and I like those moments in derbies. Like mm-hmm. they kind of you're fired up. You don't really see them in in, in other games. It's so. weird to think because a lot of these players are you know some of these players at least are new to the club. They're new to the culture, but they're getting involved with these things. So I, I don't know how much of this is a PR stunt. No, no it's, and it you, could be a harsh opinion. You get hyped up, right? You just get hyped up during the week because people tell you what it means. I, I feel like this version of Arsenal, the new players who've come in, and not that many, but the new players who've come in, and we can also say Lacazette from last year. Yeah, there's been I don't I don't know who the instigator of this is, but there's been a good 
bonding and good kind of kind of embedding themselves into the culture of mm. whatever that might be of Arsenal. Like they came they came into Arsenal, the next day they hate Tottenham. That's yeah. literally how, how it felt like it's been for the Arsenal signing. Also, Rashid, to your point, players now are on social media way more than they used to be. So all they need to do is log in onto Twitter a few hours before the game and just see the passion from both sets of fans yeah. and how they're really pumped up for this game. And that's all it takes for you to kind of realize how big this game is. It you know, it's not it doesn't have to be someone in the club telling them how big it is. Yeah. It's just a, a, literally a quick browse on Twitter and you're like pumped. It is nice to see, yeah. That it's like a part, being part of a team. Right. For real. Exactly. And you're right, Bernie. Emery has kind of put that together. You can see it at the final whistle, just how all the players are pumped up. They're you know cheering the fans. They're hugging each other. The celebrations, the Instagram posts mm-hmm. after. So anyway, so um, halftime came along and we thought, you know what? According to the script, Arsenal should come out here and do their thing as they do in the second half, and they did. Yeah. Um, the changes were run us through the changes. Ramsey and Lacazette on for Mkhitaryan and Awobi, who, had, fair, who had been completely ineffective in the first yeah. half. Arsenal went uh, with two up front, which is interesting because uh, what what was the formation at that point then? Five like a diamond almost. Yeah, five two. It was just like run around and figure it out. And a lot of high pressure. Or like a 3-4-1-2 or something like that with Ramsey floating you know, between the attack and, and Torreira Xhaka. Mm-hmm. Um, always sounds like Freire Xhaka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and Spurs weren't ready for it and Pochettino didn't adapt to it and, and it, really, it really unsettled them. I have to say, the way that Arsenal equalised in their goal the turn by Torreira was what in absolutely midfield, yeah. changed this is, game. This is the Aubameyang second one? The second one. Yeah. Played yeah. it down to Ramsey, yeah. who... Oh, Bell- Bellerin's ball. Bellerin's ball. Sorry, Bellerin's ball. Uh, Ramsey then just like, kind of just barely flicked it yeah. to Aubameyang. And he was outside the box, and he comes onto it and does that beautiful kind of Henri curler. And Lloris's face, Lloris didn't even die. That's how much he didn't expect a shot to be that but, good. But it was a first-time touch. Well, yeah. First-time shot. The, the, I don't want to underrate what Ramsey did there. It looks like just a, a pass-open guy, but that was last ditch. He, it's hard. He yeah. stretched for that, and like he knew he put in all the effort he could to get that because he knew he had to get it to Aubameyang. That was determination. And really want to give him credit for that. I think, to me, it's also... Technique is one thing to pull it off, but it's also the, the right decision. Because mm-hmm. my quarrel with Ramsey a lot of times is he complicates things needlessly. Mm-hmm. Ramsey there, I expect him to take a touch, do his thing, maybe back heel it, do something crazy. Mm-hmm. But when he does the basics, he can be really useful when he doesn't overcomplicate things. And people, obviously, Arsenal fans are giving him a lot of credit because there's this contract situation. The club is pretty much not offering him a new contract. He still comes on. Um, in that altercation in the first half he was there with his passion when he came out in the second half he completely dominated and changed the game so you have to give him credit for playing with that kind of passion even though he yeah. probably knows that he's leaving the club at the end of the because the atmosphere is good like, the atmosphere even is if the atmosphere is good even if he's going to leave so what Like he wants to do Enjoy a good it. job and that's a great thing and, yeah. and just on the Terry Henry influencing I can't get the fact that this goal is the exact same goal that Anthony Martial scored against Chelsea Mm. Exact same goal. Ball comes across, one-time hit in that corner. And the way Aubameyang wraps his... He didn't even fully wrap his foot around it, but the way he put the spin on that, you were like, hmm. Once you wanted... Once it, it left his foot, he got up and celebrated. I was celebrating. It was right? I was like, it, this, this, it just looked. The trajectory yeah. looked perfect yeah. as he as he hit it. It was the goal of the game. Oh yeah, for sure. It's goal of yeah. I mean that that goal deserves something for sure. Um, and then like Azet scored a kind of fortuitous goal. But Alex, you did call it. You said like Azet comes on here, he will get a goal. And it almost feels like that with him before his injury, his form was that good. Yeah, yeah. My dad actually texted me saying that was going to happen, and I completely agree because Lacazette 
just has he has that knack. Hmm. He has that knack of, of, of goal scoring, and he doesn't really need many chances. He's someone who like shifts it slightly to the right or to the left, hits it, and he does get these with these weird. Well, it's because goals. he takes like, he just takes shots. a chance. Exactly. Take a chance. Take yeah. a chance. It'll happen. And I'm just very very happy that it came off uh, Eric Don't Dyer. Hey. Because Eric Dyer was the one who started the whole fracas that we were referring to in the first half by shushing the crowd. Yep. And then the, the next two goals that Arsenal scored were his fault. Yeah, he was at fault was for this brilliant. one. And then the next one, I loved as well that it was... So Aubameyang's assisted Torreira, and there's the, the whole, like, you know, Torreira-Dyer talk before the game about who, you know, would get into your starting eleven out of these two teams. And Torreira there spun Dyer perfectly... Completely ignored Lacazette in the box. And he just went, I'm going to score this. And then, Rashid, to your point, he's only been here a few months. He's First yeah. of all, Arsenal man of the match, three games out of four. Yeah. Um, he, We don't expect him to know what the North London derby means. But as a Uruguayan, as that kind of... Yeah. He has that passion. It's easy for him to transfer it over. Oh, and yeah. you could see, like, I did not expect him to celebrate that hard. Like, he... Took off that shirt. Nothing was going to keep it on. Yeah. He slid on his knees. He was like going crazy. He was Banging like the kissing the ground. Like, And that passion that he brings, he has been one of the signings of the season at 26 million. 100%. It's been phenomenal from him. That's the kind of passion I haven't seen in a long time in the Premier League. Right. I, I, I it's not a poisonous kind of passion either. You know, when he's like just trying to start fights. It's, it's just, Martin. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I'm mm. so happy to be here. And ha- I'm thinking of Chicharito. So, so, so last time, probably so I've happy. seen that kind of happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is a fantastic three points for Arsenal because losing to City first day of the season, uh, a draw against Chelsea. Did we lose to Chelsea? Yeah. We lost to Chelsea where it felt like we should have gotten definitely way more out of that game. Uh, and then there's a lot of these kind of games that Arsenal people are saying, well, they should have won in that you know 21 unbeaten or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Liverpool was a fantastic performance, even though it was a draw. And now this one was a real test in terms of you know does Emery have something here? Can he actually do it against a bigger side? This was one of those moments. You know, let's not forget Spurs are a good team. They came off a three nil win against Chelsea. Next week, well, midweek, I guess on Wednesday is another big test against United. And it just. Oh, midweek? Okay. On Wednesday, yeah. And it would just really show whether there has been progress with Emery kind of taking over the team. Yeah, I just, I just want to add on, on, on Emery. It's, the squad is not too dissimilar from the squad that he inherited from Arsene Wenger. There mm. are some new pieces, but Kalas Nash played today. Obviously, Ramsey came on. This is a Wobi. Yeah, like, like, Mkhitaryan was. Sure, okay. he was signed by this guy. I think Guendouzi was on the bench. Torreira really was the only new... Torreira, Socrates. Torreira, Socrates, Leno. Yes, yeah. so there's three guys, but in essence, it's still the same team. Yeah. And what he has improved... I was just on a call after the game. He's improved Iwobi. Even though Iwobi was not very yeah. good. Iwobi's worst days... Last season and the season before were calamitous yeah. compared to what we've seen. Bellerin is all you need to look at. All these other examples are great, but Bellerin has literally transformed in the last three months into one of the best right backs in the league again, which he was at the beginning of his kind of where he popped in 2015. Through. Yeah, and then Arsene Wenger and this staleness and whatever. And now Bellerin again. Alex knows how much I kind of disliked Bellerin in that period. Now. Bellerin just looks like, you know what, maybe it is coaching. Maybe it is just man it, management. And it is. It really is. And, and I mean, he's, he's not on the pitch. But Welbeck is, over the course of the season, I've seen a different Danny oh, Welbeck as well. For sure. If you have a person that is willing to put in the time to coach you and make you a better... That is, honestly, sometimes a simpler way of getting teams back to where they need to be. That is sometimes better than a better contract. It's you're enjoying life. You're enjoying your profession. Yeah. You're having a good time, right? Yeah. Yep. That's and a good segue into 
Yeah. Jose, well, we'll get there shortly, but Jose Mourinho. Well, we can go there yeah. right now. No, That's we'll fine. get there. Let's but Alex, there. Uh, Alex was about to make a point. No, yeah. I was just going to say that the you know that result pushed Arsenal above Spurs into fourth on just on goal difference, and then next week another big test. Uh, Arsenal have United. Mm-hmm. So. That's going to be huge. Definitely the momentum on Arsenal's side there. Let's be oh, yeah, real. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll get to the United, the Southampton game, but let's let's finish off first the segment with the other derby, the Super Sunday, the third one. Um, so Liverpool-Everton. The Maisie side. This one, I feel, was always going to disappoint after the crazy game, after the crazy 4-2 uh, North London derby. It didn't really live up it to was, expectation. It, it was, was rubbish. It was, <laughs> it was rubbish. The quality of football was awful. It was frenetic. The ball was just bouncing around. It was a bit pinball. No, Liverpool were especially disappointing in possession. Like we discussed this, how they they don't really keep the ball for the sake of having it, mm-hmm. which is okay. But Klopp's style is so manic that there were times in this game where you felt just have it for five minutes. You yeah. know, control the game, keep Everton at, at, at arm's length, and they just don't do it. They knock it forward, and the the forwards try and deal with these weird bouncy balls. And, and yeah, they try to win the ball back in an advanced position and break from there. Yeah, yeah, it's so not it's just, exactly, well, exactly. Even with the fact that it's not this possession for the sake of keeping it, when Liverpool were at their best last season, it was, we have the ball, I can see Salah, I can see Mane, I see Firmino, they're doing all these crazy runs, confusing defenders, and you push the ball to them and stuff happens. Salah was running down an alleyway for no reason. Mane was just like a, ch- a chicken without his head, and Firmino might as well have not been there. It was just, it was just a mess Firmino, Firmino's having a very bad season overall. Um, and also Klopp has tinkered a little bit. He's kind of playing Firmino under Salah. Salah has the main striker. I don't know why the change all of a sudden. Th- yeah, like they're getting results and they're getting, you know, they're only two points behind City, etc., etc. But their play, like last season, Liverpool were by far the most entertaining team to watch. Um, this season is not the case. They're just not that team I, anymore. I and they're- do have a question to the way they're playing. If you see, like, they refuse to keep the ball for five minutes... And, and not pin the ball around. Is that just because they don't want to let the other team reset and get organized because the shift of the game... Yeah, I, think, possibly, I, think that's, I think that's... Because they I pressure can't. so hard that when you get the ball... if You're right. If you just hold it, then what's the point of that high press? Like They'd you almost rather turn over. you have it yeah. so that they can tackle you. Yeah. So, But again, you can't do it for 90 minutes. It comes to a point where you just have the ball a little bit. And we didn't see that at all. This is, is that where the importance of... A James Milner comes in, the old head that yeah. can calm things down a little bit. Like maybe he wasn't there today. It feels like like that's a role. I'm not saying that's all he does, but it's a role yeah, yeah. that he potentially plays within that team. True. No, that's a good point. Even Henderson, if you want to hold the ball, is more useful than a lot of. Mm. I, you know, I don't like it, but he <laughs> kind of he's not the guy that just wants to run around, right? Because he can't. No, but he does just want to release it. Yeah. He doesn't want to have it. I just feel like Henderson will hold more possession than 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 other people in this team. But yes, Milner is definitely the one that was missing today. That does that much better in midfield. But by the way, Fabinho's supposed to do that. That that was his role at Monaco. That was apparently what a sideways passer is apparently what he, he is. And I'm not sure what he brought to the game. I'm not sure what... Yeah, he's, he's, he's new. He's he getting was, in there. Let's see what happens. Yeah. We, we also have to give Everton a lot of credit. I know we're focusing on Liverpool here, but um, as the game was at Anfield and we expected them to win and they did eventually. We'll get to that. But Everton, I thought, played really, really well. Um, Gomez in midfield played fantastic. Sigurdsson was good. Yeri Mina was a beast at the back. Um, Digne, Coleman, um, they all really put in a good shift. Richarlison was just running 
rings around them at the he back. Just worked so hard. Getting battered left, right, and center. Great player. Look, man, sure. when he came on mm-hmm. for Walcott, had yeah. a brilliant influence on the game. So it's you amazing know, why you still play Walcott when Lookman. By the yeah. way, Richardson gave Van Dyke a hell of a run around like mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a very long time. Yeah, he, he was really, really. It was almost like Neymar game. again from midweek. Mm-hmm. Like they just had two really annoying strikers to deal with. Mm-hmm. So um, one, one quick point on Walcott. We've been bashing him this entire game. You know, watching the North London derby, like oh Walcott shit. And then Walcott had a massive chance in this game, mm-hmm. Everton-Liverpool, rounded the keeper, and then he lost his footing and the ball went out for a goal kick. Yep. Horrendous. It's, it's typical Theo. Yep. It's typical Theo. That's what, that's what you get. You get a, you can get a moment but, of brilliance, but... But yeah, like in the balance of this game, Liverpool weren't that good. There were some chances that they have, you know, pot shots on goal over the bar for Mane or whatever. Yeah. But then the Everton like chances as well, they were pretty good. They had a header saved half, yes. from point-blank range. Great save. Goal line clearance. Yes. Um, they had chances, and the, uh, this game was so even, it's just a shame to see such a bizarre goal yeah. oh, lead yeah. to their demise. I mean, Pickford made some good saves this game. His his kicking and distribution were horrendous, more than horrendous. I mean, the first action of the game was him kicking it out for a corner kick for no reason. Um, but yeah, the ball came in from a free kick. It was cleared, came to Van Dijk, who, as he kicked it, the ball was in the air, and we actually went, what the hell are you doing? That's such a bad decision. And then Pickford, the ball was going over the bar, and Pickford almost brought it back into play. I, I don't... I don't. It, it wasn't obvious. From Pickford's angle, it's not sure. He's not sure that it's going over the bar. And so I understand him getting involved. Hmm. It's just yeah. that what, he wasn't really thinking. Just yeah. like, tap it over. That's, he just that's kind what of put his he... hands there and didn't really consider what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Right. his and hands brought it back into play yeah. from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember thinking a few years ago, like, why do keepers do that all the time? Like, why don't they just catch it? I used to actually wonder why they catch it, and this is exactly why they don't do that because you're the way your his wrist is positioned. Where else was it gonna go? Just yeah. the bar, it. the bar is pushing your wrists forward. The yeah. only way is your fingers are coming back into the so field. So flip it back over. That was, was a bizarre. Like they deserved a point at least, yeah. Everton. To be and fair, he was looking shaky all game, though, Pickford. Yeah, he was yeah. mis-kicking his passes. He was, like, sheepishly true. laughing. It's true. It was nice to see Divock Origi is alive. That was yes. cool. I, did, I didn't recognize him with the hair. Especially after he hit the bar, like, a few minutes oh, before that, that when he miss. really should have scored. Yes. I thought I thought this game, again, sums up Liverpool season very well. We say this every game. It's because they don't play very well. They leave with the three points. And they've been doing that a lot this season. And let's say a better team in, like, let's say, like a PSG, mm-hmm. kind of almost showed that in that you know you play good teams you're gonna get found out and Liverpool are just they need to improve quickly Mm -hmm. I have a question for you so they messed up in the well they lost to PSG in the Champions League it means that their last group game against Napoli decides whether they remain in the Champions League or I think they would go into the Europa League if not they would go into the Europa League if they don't remain in the Champions League Mm -hmm. do you think this has a massive effect on their season do you think that's very demotivating no. or do you think it's good for them in the league because they can actually rest players demotivating in, in the context of what like the the champ the title push or? yeah just their season in general like mentally it might affect them yeah. you mean I, I think it does because I don't know how many of them actually believe they could win the league I mean it's arguable because they also got to the Champions League final last year so yeah. how many I of them a, believe that I have a feeling they believe they can win it I, I think yeah, I think good. knowing that they from going to the Champions League final, I think the same group players, they feel they can win. Is this sustainable, though? We still got the crazy December period all of next year. I don't think... I mean, there has to be an improvement in performance. Firmino needs to start improving. Salah Mm -hmm. needs to start improving. I just don't think they're scraping the barrel here. But here's the thing. If you're scraping the barrel and you're still within two points of City, Mm -hmm. 
Then at some point, yeah. if you can turn this round, maybe you get even better. The, the reason why I think that they probably do believe that they can win this league is because City came to their stadium and showed them respect. Guardiola did his version of parking the bus. Which is, which is adding another mid-field. And we're going to pass the hell out of, out of this and we're not going to attack you. So they know that City are scared of them. If they can stay close until they play them again, I think they're, they're going to have the confidence anyway going in. All right. <coughs> Let's uh, do fraud and gold before we get to the Saturday games. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. <laughs> Luis Felipe Madera Quero Figo. Quero? Quero. I never heard that. Also, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Luis Figo, Frodo yes. Goat. Is this, is this our first retired player? I think it might be. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, this is subjective. I think he had his moments where he was a goat. You know, he had some man of match performances in international tournaments for Portugal, put them on the map. For Real Madrid, he, you know, he played really well for those, that era of Galacticos. But overall, from a stats perspective, he's a bit of a fraud. As we just argued. It's tough. I've always thought that Luis Figo was overrated. In in just <laughs> in, in world football kind of views. Like he's thing is he was incredible at Barca and apparently Madrid really wanted him and that whole sticker at Barca, blah blah blah, the pig head, all that good stuff. I just feel he didn't have enough end product. He had some flair, he had kick about he had the, those step overs and you know, well, he was smart, he spoke five languages, whatever. I just yes, the Portugal stuff I just feel there was there needed to be more for that level of attention. To 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 add to your point, there was only one season at Barcelona where he got into double figures for goals. Like I can't. Like. Sorry, sorry guys, I'm, we're talking about an attacking midfielder slash winger who didn't score goals in a time where people didn't score goals. We're in a we're in a generation yeah. where Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi have altered what that, those positions actually mean. If we look at statistics, and again, watch what I'm saying. Look at statistics, Zinedine Zidane is a piece of shit compared to these two. But we're not talking about only statistics because Zinedine Zidane is one of the greatest players of all time. Luis Figo won two La Liga titles, Champions League. He didn't do all that great Real Madrid, sure. Portugal got to the two finals with him. Inter Milan was an oldest shit and still ran that team. So you're, Come on, you're saying we're just judging him on unfair standards of today. I'm saying if you can tell me that he's a fraud, then you have to tell me Rivaldo's a fraud. You have to <laughs> tell me that, um, what's his name? Um, Zidane? No, not Zidane. Jokai? Zidane's above that. Jokai, Romario? Like fraud, whatever. No, no, I, I, all those guys, Romario has to be a fraud, Rivaldo has sorry, to be sorry. a fraud, Romario, David Beckham has to be a fraud. Romario has like a 15 million goals. Romario in, is in, a fraud. in where? He where, is Alex? Where? <laughs> I'm just saying, if he's a fraud, then Beckham has Look, to be a fraud, Brady, so we're not going to say Even that. though I'm saying fraud, I agree with what you're saying. It all makes sense. My issue is just watching. I just didn't get that. You were young. Okay. You didn't know what you know no, now. No, the Galacticos era, I watched Zidane, you know? I drooled. I watched R9, I drooled. Beckham is just a special place in my heart, I drooled. Did, did you watch him in but, Barcelona? He, Luis Figo was, you know what Messi does right now? He picks up the ball and dribbles everyone. He was doing that week in and week saying, out. Watching him level. for the Galacticos, I felt, okay, <laughs> no, he, not that okay level, no. here's the thing. You know, my argument for Figo is that when I watched him in the Galactico, he was great, but less than everyone around him. No. That was no, my issue. No. I disagree. For I mean, the first two seasons, he was better than Zidane in the Galactical era, because the fans booed Zidane if you have forgotten for his first whole first season. Also, Don't forget that. Also, no, I'm switching sides now, because I actually think he's good. So we're all going go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did you go go? Well, I don't know. It feels like I'm being recruited over here. 
Pingo is brilliant. And, and oh. <laughs> Before we hit record, he's like, I'm going fraud, guys, and now he's no, brilliant. You suggested I would go fraud, I wasn't sure. Um, but the Barcelona fans wouldn't have been that upset to throw a pig's head at him, you know, if he, he wasn't, wasn't good. Yeah, and, and if they didn't fair, give a shit, they wouldn't have thrown a Madrid pig's head picked for him. him as what would break yes, okay. Barcelona's back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there were characteristics of him being a goat, as I mentioned earlier. Everybody mm-hmm. does know. And he was playing for good teams and he did some good things. Right. But at the end of the day, he was nutmegged by John O'Shea. Mm, that, fraud. That is a good point. Well, I mean, wow. I'm back. To, everybody back to wow. fraud. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. <laughs> John O'Shea did it. <laughs> That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. So, the United game, United-Southampton, uh, Southampton sitting in 19th, and United sitting in, what, 8th or something, this was, I mean, this was supposed to be a drab game. Well, you know when you look at the fixtures and you're not in form, Yeah. like, who can we play to get us into form? It's Southampton. Southampton. Mm-hmm. And Mark Hughes. Um, so, let's start here. Alexis Sanchez is injured. We saw the picture of him with his crazy two frames with the exact same photo on, and the guy's insane. Sorry, what a nutcase. Uh, absolute nutcase. I mean, when... I don't know. Anyways, I don't, I don't want to go where I was going to No, go. no, do it. No, it's okay. No. Ah, that's fine. <laughs> do you reckon um, he's into bestiality? Oh, oh, he is now. Oh. Yeah, he is, oh, he's got a lot of time <laughs> in his hands. So, um, the point is this. My question is, is, has Alexis Sanchez been the worst signing in the history of Manchester United? And the points are the money that he cost, mm-hmm. the wages that he's on, he's mm-hmm. going to make something like 13 million before he scores a goal or whatever it is. He's out for another six weeks where he's going to make God knows how many millions sitting at home. Apparently, Bernie, you like to point out the fact that now that he has this contract, other players are saying, well, he has it. You know, the hair is like, I want it. Someone else is going to be like, I want it. Or if a new player tries to join United, he's going to be like, I want that money. So there's also that aspect. So all that together, could he be at least up there in the top three worst ever signings? Uh, Alexis Sanchez is the single worst signing we've ever had yep. at Manchester United. I, I, this is not hyperbole. This is, this is honestly what I, what I do believe about this. And I take it in, in stages, okay? I firmly believe the way Manchester United were playing before he showed up, they were seconds to City, whatever, but it was incredibly, it was incredible compared to what we're seeing right now. When you look at what Paul Popper was doing then, Alexis Sanchez was doing then, Jesse Lingard was doing there, uh, Martial... And then what happened after that, because Jose Mourinho does not trust young players and needs ready-built players and ruined everything, that's one. Two, the cost. You can't keep David De Gea unless you pay him the same as Dexter Sanchez. I don't think anyone will be paid that much, but David De Gea is the best player at Manchester United. So you have to do that or else. Yep. And then you look at his performance on the pitch. It is shocking how bad he is. The Arsenal version of Alexis Sanchez, even just before he signed for us, was running around, taking shots from everywhere. I'm not sure he's taken one shot. The confidence is shot. It's this non-existent right now. It's just not there. Um, So, Rache, about this game, you kind of summed it up really well off air. Just kind of the ups Uh, and downs. But before I get into the actual game itself, I I do want to add to Bernie's point. I think he is completely correct. Uh, In a high-profile signing setting, he's the worst signing for Manchester United in a long time. Maybe even the past 100 years. (laughs) That that label is certainly going to dog him. Um, So, yeah, the game was actually, I mean, like, once again, like, you know, United going away from home, in fact, not the first time this season, home or away, they've gone down two goals early on in the game. Very early on. Uh, It it happened against Newcastle, they went two goals (coughs) down, the fans are about to riot, we're like, okay, finally, this is it, this is the moment that things are going to (laughs) crack. And then, 
this the squad this is the problem the squad starts rallying when things are bad mm-hmm. so that nothing ends up changing. so you don't start well you don't start with that intense and Mourinho again he's been horrendous in press conferences and I usually don't care what people say in press, but this is now a whole new level like the things he comes up and says you know he points singles out players saying they don't have like single players specific issues not mm-hmm. just in general eyes oh, on bad mm-hmm. form no it's like this guy has no mental strength this guy has no belief mm-hmm. this guy has no drive it's like are you serious and then recently he came out saying we don't have those players in the team that will like drag us through I'm like mate you've signed so many of them you've signed, yeah. he signed the, the, the Alexis's what do you want he signed an entire team of players right. where is Fred and Where's Fred? Fred? Fred, by the way, is a mad dog. Yeah. That's what he does, but he doesn't play him. Yeah. Bailly is a crazy mad dog. Yes. He will not play him and makes up excuses similar to Ozil right. about a bad back. We know that's not true. That's not true. Not so true. there is a lot of back. <laughs> like yeah. The chances of something going wrong with it are quite high. So yeah. he started this game with Matic, Herrera, Fellaini. Inspiration. This does not look like there's enough flair. Like you looking at the Absolutely. at the starting lineup, you're going, where where am I gonna enjoy this game from? Martial inexplicably on the bench. Um, you know, for no reason, it just, and then, I don't know, I don't know. And like, you know, I haven't been in the pod for the last, like, you know, several pods, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I've watched the United games and I've looked at the squad, every single week it's the same story, you know what you're getting, but the United fans, they have hope, you know, they're trying to understand, you know, okay, so if this happened this week, maybe there'll be a change next week and, you know, a certain player starting. Same thing. But you see the same players starting all the time. uh, Sorry, Matic has been poor, piss poor, and he's been starting every single game. Very poor. This, yeah, there's, there's a people are starting to. I mean, they've been saying it for a long time. What people are saying is this: we can say that Pogba was bad, which he absolutely was. He was not very good in this game. I think he had the most. Uh, he was dispossessed the most of any player in the league. Also, by the way, his, his attitude was not up for this game. He was he's not showing the attitude of a player. But that said, Paul Pogba has had games where he has been fantastic this season. Matic has not had one. Not one, but Matic plays every single game. Matic is called the player that you want. It's inconsistent. He's played 16 games in a row or something ridiculous it's like that. It's inconsistent. You yeah, cannot Matic. have that inconsistency from a manager. Unai Emery would not do this. Mm. And this is my problem. You can say anything you want to about individual players, but why not single out Matic for having a horrendous season? Right. And, and you have to say, it's not just United that reverted to form here. Southampton did a fantastic job of going 2-0 up. Um, playing very well, the freak, the the goal from um, Armstrong. 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 He's had a great couple of weeks. What, what a great goal! What a hit too across the hair to beat the hair like that. Mm-hmm. And then the free kick by by Cedric was phenomenal with Mike Dominic's, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, can leading. we talk about that? That's what, what was it? So, for, so I forgot. If you didn't see it, you know how sometimes someone will lie down behind the wall in case the player shoots under the wall. Yeah. So you've got got that area blocked. McTominay knelt behind the wall. In the he, middle of yeah. it. He blocked like two players out of five. I, I, I just don't know have what no the, idea what that was about. I don't know what the point of that was. I'm sure they trained, is, them. It was they trained a, on that or something. Brilliant free kick. 2-0 up. And then obviously Mark Hughes you know, has to throw that out, uh, out the window. 2-2 in the first... Uh, by 30-something minute, I think it was 2-2. Herrera yeah. with a brilliant second goal with the back heel. Rashford, a lot of good work. Well, the first Lukaku goal was finally scored. Well. And that Luka- was all yeah. Rashford's work as well. For the yeah, Lukaku time. finally scoring yeah. a goal. And then the comedy in the second half where he fell over the ball. Um, that you know, you, you think it's one-off stuff, but now it's every week you get it. Just sorry. So before I think you went upstairs, and uh, three of us were having a conversation, and we said, "This is coaching, right? This is Unai Emery. This like Unai Emery has taken Arsenal. We can't talk about it just now." If you look at Romelu Lukaku, Everton, yeah. I actually tried this and watched highlights of uh, Romelu Lukaku getting the ball in positions. He didn't have a shitty first touch at Everton. No. 
He didn't. He has regressed as a football player because he's not getting coached. Who, who allowed him yeah. to get this big as well? He, Jose Mourinho, he, obviously. Lukaku was always big, but his everything big was the useful big. Yeah, the big true. that can push past players, hold yeah. them off, and still do something useful physically. This big is just by overweight way, He was big. also, um, by his, for, for his body weight, he was lean muscle at yeah. Everton. Yes. He could... He, he could run past you. His speed was unbelievable. And now he looks like a bus driver. He's completely <laughs> like a bus. He looks like a bus. <laughs> or a bus. No, but like to our point, like I mean, the players are unfit. They don't look like they can shoot Sanchez or dribble or fit. pass the ball. The Sanchez look fit. No, absolutely. Like an extra and, he, and now they're also injured. Yep. They're By injuries. United they're run, not training. They run less than any other club. Um, I just saw a stat before this game that every single club that we have faced outruns every single that is one. Zero for 13 before this match. We have not outrun another team. Well, that's not a good omen for next week. I mean, Arsenal are flying high. They have that energy. Yes, you never know what you're going to get from Arsenal. But on paper, Arsenal should run rings around the midfield. Absolute rings. The squad, mm-hmm. the squad is good enough to mount a title challenge. And this manager is not good enough to get them to where they need to be. Yeah, his best, is, his, is his best role right now is, is tricking some United fans into thinking that this is not a good enough squad. Yes. It is absolutely fine. It should not be an eighth, and that that is basically what is similar to what, how Arsenal kind of ended his his Arsenal tenure is by people trying to say this is not a good enough squad. Yeah. Well, it clearly is. Well, and you bought it, so you yeah. bought it exactly. Yeah. Um, Describe Pogba in two words. Oh, dominated by Lukman. No, no, by Lamina. Uh, by Lamina. Lamina. Absolutely, and obviously dabbing Malumbo. Yeah, yeah, dancing dabbing Malumbo, dabbing Malumbo. No, Lamina. I watched this game for some reason. All of it. He absolutely dominated Pogba. Because again, oh, yeah. Pogba, not because of the ability. Just Pogba was not interested. Mm-hmm. I really no. want Lamina yeah. to go to a good team so that we can finally see if he's how yeah. good he is. He yeah. was in Juventus. On, on, yeah. on, on the but idea. Like, you know, as a starter. <laughs> on the idea, when you talk about not interested, like he was I've actually not seen that level of disinterest in a very long time. At one point he lost the ball. <laughs> and then Southampton uh, went on the attack and he just looked at himself, like he stopped for a second, and he just kinda looked. Thought about it, yeah. and they hurried past, and then decided to run. That is a guy getting like he was just done. The yeah. man is done. He doesn't care anymore. Right, right. Um, let's move on very quickly. We're not going to really analyze any other games in detail. The only thing is just City obviously beat um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth three one. Um, easy game for them. No Aguero, no big deal. Whatever. That's actually not a bad result for Bournemouth. Three one. Yeah. Usually yeah. They and get they played well. Six. It was one one at one point. I think at halftime, uh, another great goal for Wilson, who's having a fantastic season. It looked like City were in trouble. For I mean, you knew they were going to win, but like there was a competition. Yeah. But then Sterling too. steps up. Sterling literally just goes, okay, he has the most goals in the league since whatever. He has the most assists in the league since forever. He has the most shots on target, the most dribbles. He's he has been the MVP of this league so, so for let's, a season let's, and a half. Let's do this. Let's do this right now. What, what do we think? I mean, I know we think he's a good player and everything, but like in the pantheon of players, if you, and when you take out the top two, obviously. Taking out where, does, where, does, where is he? Where is he? Right, nowhere. What do you mean, nowhere? He's still nowhere for me. He's still nowhere for it's you? It's crazy. Where's Hazard for you? Hazard is above Sterling. Which pantheon is this? Okay. The Premier League for this, pantheon. For this well, pantheon. I'm just saying, like, you know, the. More players. tie. On, on the note of this pantheon, I would like to filter by English players only. 
And I then think he's Raheem the best. Yeah. is probably up there in the top five or six players. Well, they're not that many. They're that no, no. Close. To ever play in the Premier League, Jards and your Lampards, you know. I think I think he's top five to ever play in the Premier League. Gascoigne, not even a chance. No. Share a top goal scorer ever, Paul Scholes, Frank Lampard, and then Gerard Kane, Beckham. Nah, it's not even. Come on. Steve, I didn't even talk about Steven Gerrard. You have to assume that he continues like this. It's only been two seasons. I'm talking about where he is right now. One second. He can get there, sure. I also, we have to talk about the Guardiola factor. We have to talk about the team that Sterling is playing in. That means that he can get, you know, 15 tap-ins a season. Mm -hmm. Which isn't to take away anything from him. He needs to be there, he needs to finish, and he's doing it. And he's doing brilliantly. But... Until we can't have this conversation about Sterling, who's only what twenty two. Yeah, but he did it for Liverpool. Yeah, not like he had. He had one good, very good season for Liverpool. Then he had a couple like very mediocre ones. But does that does that not speak to the fact about coaching? Because again, I'm go back to him. Jurgen Mourinho was talking about we have the best goalkeeper in the world, so we need the best players in the world. I contend with that because Leroy Sané and Sterling, good players. There's no doubt about it. We know they're good players, but Leroy Sané was a shocker. No, Leroy Sané was not a world beater. I you don't have to buy the best players in the world. You just don't have to. Well, he was one of the best young players in the world. But, but, not look, best but the players. point about Sterling long term is until we see him in a different dynamic with a different manager and a team that isn't smashing everyone every week, it's hard to say exactly how good he is individually. I didn't even think Sterling was a good player. Mm-hmm. I thought Pep's, one of Pep's biggest achievements in City is this version of Sterling. Mm-hmm. I thought Sterling was fine at Liverpool. He had like a you know breakout season. You have those in terms of form. And then his first season at, at, Liverpool, at City, I thought was horrendous. And I thought, wow, this guy, I was right. He's not a player. Forget him. He's just going to kind of mm-hmm. fade away. Mm-hmm. And then this beast of a player that somehow, obviously, people like to you know say Pep was part of that. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't play him for a long time. There's a while where Sterling yeah, he did not him. play. He handled him. And now him. Sterling is just, he is City's best player. Player. Okay, so uh, there's a there's a there's a. No, he's not. I think he is. Top no, top not. two. David Silva is still the best player. No, no. City have players who run the team, no. that's and they have players who finish the moves. And you can't say the players that finish the moves I, are the best players. I think the last few the weeks. the brains of this team I have, I have are David and and and. Uh, that's a very good point. Actually. Oh, I have a question for Rochelle because I think Bernardino. I think this is this is sort of ties everything in. I have a very unpopular opinion that I don't believe that Pedro was that good at Barcelona. I don't. I think he was very much. The guy who finished moves and linked yeah. up, sure. But you could replace Pedro with anybody. Absolutely. And I have a strange feeling that if you put Sané on that side, or you put Silva on this other side, you've seen what happens with De Bruyne. He does not in the team. The system is so effective yes. that it allows him to succeed. Yes. If you bring, we saw Pedro the came Isaac out of Cuenca. Barcelona and he actually was trash. Isaac Cuenca was a great player on that way. We need to move on, but I agree with you on paper. Everything you said is correct. But watching the last three, four games of City, I think Sterling grabbed a few of those games absolutely by the collar. I agree. And got City past last the line. Last year, did he not score a lot of last minute goals for them to win? I just yeah. feel he has that in him. Anyways, let's move on because we got to move from the Premier League very quickly. I just have to say, uh, so we don't kind of neglect the bottom of the table, there has been a lot of shuffling happening because there's some crazy results. Uh, Newcastle went on to win two games in a row. Um, Cardiff with their late winner on Friday. Brilliant junior Hoylet. Um, curler and the uh, kind of that finish. Oh, Huddersfield, yeah. <laughs> Huddersfield had a few good results recently. A Fulham won a game. Did Newcastle win or lose? They won, right? Newcastle. No, they lost this week, but they won two in a row. Oh, okay, right, right, right. So now you've got Burnley in the bottom three. Yes. Um, so that's crazy. Southampton <laughs> and Fulham also in the bottom why? three. Why, Alex? Why? They're Brexit merchants. Burnley are horrible to watch, man. I respect what Dyche has done, but enough. 
Yeah, it's, it's a about, strong opinion. It's yeah. time. All right, do we have some momos to do? Sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we do. I, I do momo. <laughs> One thing we are no sha, momo no fit sleep forever. One day, momo go wake up. All right, we're back again with Mumo of the Week, where we talk about fools. Back again! <laughs> back again. Back nah, nah, once nah. again, like the Renegade Master. D4 damage, oh. power to the people. What? Oh, you're not that? Oh, you're not. Um, what is okay. happening right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're being Mumo's. But uh, our first Mumo this week is a family in uh, Argentina. The whole family. Well, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> they all had a say in La this. Familia. <laughs> family Mumo. So ahead of the Copa Libertadores, which we're never sure will, will ever be completed, uh, the family decided to name their child. River Plate. Um, like a small name, River that, Plate? Or like two names? So the, the quote is, I asked my wife if she would give me the possibility to call him River, as her surname is Plate. Oh, that's not that bad. <laughs> uh, that's, <not> <laughs> that's actually well, witty. I've got one that's worse. The French civil servant services, whatever, got in, got in touch with his family, actually, in France, that named their kid Griezmann Mbappe. Wow. Like first name Griezmann, yes. middle name Mbappe. Yes, and they said this is not in the best interest of the kid. And when they're actually filing like a lawsuit and they're gonna like take him into child services. Oh, wow. for that? Yeah. Then they should take into child services the woman that called her kid uh, ABCD. A- 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 <laughs> <laughs> and she got her, like the, the airport staff were Made laughing at her. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. That's about right. Yeah, that's about right. Um, I mean, it would be a great, you know, uh, kind of, um, if, the, if she puts together a team of. FC, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ABCDE, FC. Wow. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Here, here's wow. a tragic, tragic Mumu. Leonardo Hardin is signing for Al Nasser. That is awful. Yeah, that's, that's, sad. that's yeah. sad. Well, here's that's a question. Sad. If you guys have children, what would you name them? Like, would you name them... For, if you had to pick a football-related thing, Ooh. what would you do? No. I've, no. I've always thought Eric because of Cantona. Yeah? And the problem is, like, all the footballing names are too... No, it doesn't have to be football's name. It has to be something related to football. Top of your head, go. David. Dave, wow. Well, it's David Beckham. Beckham. What do you want me to say? <laughs> okay. Thierry. I'm thinking Trafford. Yeah, give him... <laughs> Trafford Udio band. Trafford could be good. I mean, when he's old, it'll be cool. Let Amara never hear this episode of the yeah. podcast. Or theater. Way. And then all the dreams. <laughs> mine, mine could be arguable for football, but I was going to go with Road. Because, you know, you're oh, football. Ellen Road. And he'd be Roadrunner. Oh, that's good. That has nothing yeah. to do with football, but I accept no, it. No, but yeah, I, play football. I play football on roads all the time. <laughs> um, last moment I've got here is Jermaine Pennant. Um, the caption is, he's you gone can, from... You can stop there. Jermaine Pennant. <laughs> Yeah, Jermaine Peasant. He's gone from playing in the Champions League final to refusing a lie detector test on the Jeremy Kyle show. And for, I mean, all our British listeners will know what it is, but for the North American listeners, Jeremy Kyle's show is the equivalent of... Like Maury. Maury. Yeah. Oh, In wow. North America. So he's sitting there and the caption is exclusive. The truth about my marriage to love rat Jermaine Pennant. And man, like, it's just the downfall. You never want to get called a love rat. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is, but you don't want to be one. No, and you do not want to be on TV. I mean, he's only there because he's making money. So is he's he, also blown all his is money. Is he still promoting that book where he's just talking about the orgies that he had? <laughs> is, is he still doing that? Well, and how much he hated rats. This is why he's on the show. I do Momo. One thing we are no shy. Momo no fit sleep forever. One day, Momo go wake up. So, let's talk about the Champions League since we don't really get a lot of time to do that. Mm-hmm. Just more from a kind of overview. There's two crazy groups happening. There's the, you know, is it Inter, Barca and Tottenham? Which mm-hmm. one is going to drop out? Because right now, basically Spurs have to equal or have to match Inter's result. Mm-hmm. But Inter get to play a much weaker team yes, and Spurs yeah. are playing Barca. Well, but Barca have already qualified. Yeah, so it could be a very weak 
Barca team. Barcelona side. And then the other group that is in contention is the PSG, Liverpool, Napoli. And as Alex, I think, mentioned already in the pod, Liverpool needs to beat Napoli convincingly, I think, by two goals to make it through. I think, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I think it can be 1-0, but, but if Napoli score, yeah. then they have to score two or something like this. Yeah, so question is, I guess, any favorites for you for the Champions League this, this year? For uh, the whole thing? Yeah. Uh, I, I still think Juventus with Ronaldo. Just the Ronaldo effect, yeah? Huh. yeah? You didn't. Hmm? You didn't. You yeah, thought did. Liverpool. And I argued with you furiously for about 10 <laughs> minutes on the that wasn't, that wasn't favorites discussion. That was, can Liverpool win it? Yeah. And the answer was, yes, they can. Oh, sure, okay. But Red Juventus are a favorite. Anybody? Any other? Uh, I think Bayern actually are very strong in the Champions League. Sure. I think they've given They're up really bad in the league, league though. Oh. They've given up on the are, league. Are they? This well, is their only motivation. I don't know motivation. what their group is. Whatever. Uh, they, well, they're through. They, they top the group. They just beat Benfica 5-1. The, it's it's I almost like there's no favorites. Everybody's equally no. not that convincing this season. This Madrid the, aren't, Barca aren't. This is the year for potentially if if Man City are gonna do this, if oh. PSG are gonna do this, oh. this is the year to do it. Maybe a Man City or a PSG. PSG are not going to do this. I'm not. I'm not a. I don't think PSG. I Man think they're City? still in, in, inconsistent. Yeah, Man City I, can crush this Juventus team. They can crush this mm. PSG team. They can Ooh. crush anything. I, would, I wouldn't go. Down. I wouldn't go crush. Yeah. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there. I think Easy Juventus are probably down. still favorites. But just, I'm just saying, this is the year because you don't have that Real Madrid monster that we know can win. You know, three years in a row. Four. Bayern years in a row, isn't whatever. really. Yeah, it's Barca aren't the best. Like Messi drags yeah. them. Oh. They're not gonna. The argument is that if United can beat Juventus or have two goals each. We can't, we can't talk about this. this and City no. crushed United. They crushed United. Yeah, yeah on no. paper. But I'm just saying... The group stage is something Listen, listen else. we required David De Gea to pull off the save of yeah. a lifetime against the young Seriously, boys. Like, he, come he, on. He did not beat Juventus. Like, yeah, on paper, yeah, the score was 2-1, but relax. <laughs> they, beat, they beat themselves. Like, let's, yeah. let's be honest. Um, I would settle right now for City-Juve final. I would love that. I would like a City-PSG final. PSG are just not going to... No, PSG I can't have crushed. it. I can't have it. I can't have Neymar with the potential to win it. I can't stand it. I, can't I want Neymar to have a leg broken. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, Dark Horses, Dortmunds, oh, yeah, the Liverpools, the Dortmunds, uh, Atleti. Dortmund? Dortmund are good, yeah, yeah. Who, who's, who's, where, who's, have they qualified? They're in the group with... Uh, isn't it Atleti and Monaco? That's right. Uh, Atleti well, and Monaco don't there. count as anything. No, right now, but, no. Yeah. I don't know. Dark horses. Uh, dark horse. I think Atleti might actually be a dark horse again. I think we're. I think we're. Inter. They're starting to get into a little. Nope, not no. Inter. I think they're getting into a little bit of form now, and I feel like they're going to be up there. They will. They, I think so. Atleti, though, the thing for me with them is that they're still too negative. Yeah. Like they went one 0 up against Barca last weekend with. You know, in the league, eight minutes with what? Yeah, eight minutes left. And instead of just controlling the game and seeing out, they did the the thing, which is you know, be all three hundred about it, retreat into your box and try and head everything out. And then they concede. The pressure eventually will tell. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I mean, this is Atleti's best chance to win La Liga in a long time. And, and I think, to be honest, they should focus on trying to do that mm-hmm. um, because, like, yeah, do as well as you can in Champions League. But it's just we've seen what they have to offer. Leon, I'm not sure it's Leon to go far. No. no. But they are fun. It's how been fun, how yeah. far do you guys think yeah. United are going to go in this? Because they qualify for the second first, round. Well, it depends. If you get an easy draw. team, you can make it through. The, but we, not the next, not the round after that. This isn't last year where good teams, like I mean, like the best teams, finish. Some of them finish second. Yeah. United finish second. They're going to get a Barcelona. They're going to get a uh, Bayern Munich. They're going to get one of those types of teams, and they will go out. <laughs> like this, just yeah. let's just be honest. Over two legs, we will go out. Absolutely. So it would be crazy if Spurs and Liverpool both, just from a Premier League perspective. Both don't qualify. That hits your 
what's it called? Your coefficient. Uh, your coefficient quite a bit. Two of your four teams don't qualify out of the group. That's that's big. Yeah, but you also have to remember that all these clubs have banded together and made sure that they will all be in the Champions oh, yeah. League. So also, it, it won't hit the coefficient because they rejigged the coefficient to be in favor of these teams. Right. And England had two <coughs> Liverpool in the final. Right. And... But coefficient aside, it's just it's not a good look. No, it's a shitty not a good look. look. It's an absolutely shitty look. Alright, um, big games in the middle of the week we talked about. We kind of previewed that a little bit. Um, nothing nothing else crazy. So we didn't we didn't actually say who do you, who do you think is going to go out of the group? Tottenham, Barca, Inter, or Liverpool, Napoli, PSG? I think... In, what's the situation? Like, Inter, Tottenham, is it... Oh, Tottenham I, need to match Inter's As results. Inter are playing, who's the fourth PSV. team in the group? Inter playing. PSV. PSV. Inter will go through. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be very difficult. I think Spurs will, I, I think Spurs will uh, just make it. So the question is... Beat Barca. No, uh, whatever it is, I think Inter will will will, will mess, will, up, mess, will mess up. up against PSV. Inter definitely have that in their locker, yeah. and PSV aren't a bad team. But yeah. so then it's a case of Liverpool, PSG, or Napoli because I, I, I think, think it's three Liverpool of them are, are still make, in the. Yeah. I don't think Liverpool at this in this form. I, I, I think I, Napoli should at least get a draw here. Are they home or away to Napoli? This uh, is at Anfield. Anfield. Oh. oh well, then forget it. Yeah, they, they they could easily. What they're going to beat them three one? It's Anfield. Napoli. They have to shut them out. They didn't score but, against Everton today. But oh, Napoli, did. Napoli didn't score well, against yeah. Napoli didn't score against Kiev last weekend. Like it doesn't matter. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti. But PSG are going through. We're sure of this. Yes, because they have to play Krasnodar or who did beat Liverpool and Napoli. Well, I think they drew with Napoli and they beat Liverpool in Belgrade, where you get a smoke bomb up your ass and stuck on the pitch. Fucking terrifying. Okay. All right. That's it, we're done. (laughs) Yeah, we're done. All right, see you all next week. Goodbye. Peace. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. (laughs) 